I invite you to remain standing as we hear the words of the Lord Jesus Christ recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, found in that first chapter, verses 22 to 24. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took Mary as his wife. This is the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Join me in prayer. We say, come be with us, O Lord. But the reality is you're already with us. And you say to us, O come, my people, be with me. Help us in this time to see you as you are for what we need, for what you need in this day. May the words of my mouth, the thoughts and meditations of each of our hearts be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Lord, our rock, our redeemer, our love, Jesus the Christ. Amen. When I was a small child, I would get scared about many things. I'd be so scared I have lots of hiding places around our home. I'd hide in the corners under the covers, behind the couch, up in the trees, in the yard, and even on the roof of my house. I did that because I had a knowledge that I was an unwanted child, and there was really nobody there for me. I understood that every noise, though, meant somebody was there out to get me. And it left me, as a child, deep in fear and anxiety and usually very much alone. I have to confess to you, that still hangs a little bit with me, so that in the middle of the night, when I hear a bump, or it gets really dark, I shake a bit and get kind of scared. The joy of living as a child was not something I felt or possessed growing up nor the love and the presence of others around me or for me. Fear held me. We understand fear, the power of it, and how it can steal our joy, and how it lies to us that we are unsafe and therefore unloved. We've lived through a period of fear, haven't we? 21 months of a pandemic that no one would have ever imagined in December of 2019 as we concluded Advent. We've learned those words, we've said them before, COVID-19, social distancing. We've even picked up some newer ones of late, telework, red, yellow, green, blue zones. And now we become almost proficient in the Greek alphabet. From Delta to Omicron, I pray we won't have to learn about Zeta. Many individuals have said that all of this pandemic has been the will of God. Let me assure you, they've misread Scripture pretty well. 
And they believe that this coronavirus pandemic was sent to punish us, to teach us, or to force us to be good, get good out of us. I don't believe that either. Unlike biblical times or even in the late 70s or 80s when the AIDS crisis was at its highest, we now have a basic and better understanding of viruses. They help us understand how it works, how they mutate, how they spread, and how they attack our bodies. And we trust science. We trust science to guide us to a safer time. And if anybody believes that God sent this virus, then it's reasonable to believe that those researchers and scientists and doctors and all those who are fighting to find the cure and bring us out are fighting against God. I don't believe that. And I don't think you do either. I do not believe God sent this thing, but I do believe that God is in the midst of this thing, this pandemic. God has been and is doing what God always does, comforting, leading, counseling, wringing good from adversity and pain. We've known the tragedies. We've known about death. But we've also been blessed to know about life and the hope, peace, joy, and love that life gives. Even in the most surprising of places, just like I found it in my own childhood. We're told over a hundred times in scriptures not to be afraid, not to fear. But we logically ask, why not? Why shouldn't we be afraid? Just look around at the current situation. And the Bible reminds us because God is with us and has been with us since the very beginning of time. God is here now, incarnate in Emmanuel. This is the God who has always been with us in the flesh, known as Jesus the Christ. In his book, Incarnation, which has been the foundation of this Advent series, Adam Hamilton shares with us a great truth about the Gospel of Matthew. He says, Matthew does not offer us a fully developed Trinitarian theology of how God is at once Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He offers us not a clear explanation for how Jesus could be fully God and fully human, as the council at Nicaea would attempt to do 300 years after Jesus' birth. But throughout the gospel, Jesus is shown to do the things that we would expect God to do. He heals the sick. He opens the eyes of the blind. He forgives sinners, miraculously feeds the multitudes, and even raises the dead. He controls nature walks on water, casts out the demons, and conquers death. When Isaiah talks about Emmanuel, even he could not comprehend that this God, Emmanuel, could be this Jesus that is with us. In incarnation, God experiences humanity. That means that the incarnation isn't that God simply put on flesh over God's body, but that God, through the babe in Bethlehem, put on all humanity. God became human in Jesus 
And with this, God experienced the totality of yours and my life, just as you and I live it today. I believe that Jesus enjoyed the taste of a strong brewed bean in the morning and liked to have a flaky croissant from his mother's oven. He felt the rush and the excitement of seeing the sunrise over the horizon and the dark being banished and sent away. He longed to be in his mother's embrace often. He laughed at the antics of his buds and enjoyed tree climbing, racing, and all the fun things that group did together as friends. His heart sung when people got it. And he felt light as a feather when he heard good news. He enjoyed a good meal with a glass of good wine and good company. At the same time, this Jesus experienced the full fatality of human beings as well. He chafed under his parents' authority, just like many of us did or do. As a teen, he knew about raging hormones. As a young adult, he surely felt the desire of lust. He knew anger, impatience, pride, and the ease in which we can hurt each other with words and even with looks. He knew the temptation to drink too much and the power of wealth to be a cure-all for everything. Paul writes much later in Hebrews that Jesus was tested as we are, yet without sin, without stepping off the mark. God was and God is totally one of us today. Incarnation means that God reveals God's self to humanity in many and sundry ways. In the Old Testament, it was always the prophet asking, Let us see your face, O God. We can see that all through Hebrew Scripture. And God granted the request with a warning. The warning was you could not survive the experience. But still, God showed God's self through the backside in the clouds and in creation and a host of ways. We see that still in creation, that God's glory is with us. Yet something better came along to allow us to see, to see it all and to understand the fullness of God. And that is Emmanuel. Jesus, the Emmanuel. He is the reflection of God's glory and the exact imprint of God's very being. It's what the writers of Scripture tell us. But what about today? Because we don't get to see him like they did. What about today now that Jesus has returned to the presence of God? Well, when I picture God, what God is like, God's character of mercy, grace, and love, I see Jesus. I see Jesus loving broken people with hearts and a hug. I see Jesus feeding and eating with the outcasts of society. I see Jesus healing the sick and restoring vision to the blind. I see Jesus touching HIV-affected people and restoring hope and peace. I see him wearing a mask in public to protect others. I see Jesus coming to funerals, offering life in the midst of death. I see him boldly casting out evil 
casting out lies, casting out hatred, casting out racism, casting out homophobia, and all that keeps people at each other's throats and hearts, and instead replacing it with joy and love for all. This is Emmanuel, God with us, in the Jesus that's in you and me. Incarnation reminds us there is no getting away from this God in us. As a pastor, it's my privilege, or it used to be when I was allowed to go to hospitals, to visit with those who are sick and suffering and hold their hand and pray with them. It's a privilege because I knew it was not me, but it was God that was present. I was God incarnate, if you will, for them. I represented God at the moment they needed God and God's eternal unending love and care. So again, with this God present as Emmanuel in hospitals, homes, schools, church, workplaces, we need not fear. I remember when my father lay dying at the University Hospital in Augusta. I was holding his hand and my mother whispered in one ear, And if you knew my mother, she didn't know how to whisper. And my brother was whispering in the other ear, tell him it's okay to go. Tell him it's okay. And I got kind of perturbed. I looked at them and said, why do I have to tell him it's okay to go? You know what their answer was? Well, you're the preacher. So I told my dad, holding his gnarled big hand, Dad, it's okay to go. It's okay to go. Go see Grandma. Go see Uncle Glenn. Go be embraced by Jesus. We'll be okay. You don't have to worry about us. But my father, with his eyes closed, tightly shook his head and a frown on his face. He refused to go. So we said a while longer. Until my mother drove every nurse on the floor crazy. And David and I took her home. As we woke the next morning, very early, the call came that my father had passed peacefully in his sleep at a time he had chosen, when it was just him and God with him. He went, they said, without fear, leaning into Emmanuel. I believe God was holding his hand and freed him from that pain of cancer and freed him from a very difficult life, just as God was with us holding our hands and hearts through nurses and doctors and pastors who came to visit us. Incarnation is the love of God to all. You see, Jesus came so long ago, so many Christmases ago, to be the incarnate presence of God so that we would all know love for one another and for ourselves. But he left this earth calling each one of us to do the very same thing as he did. Jesus believes that his followers are intended to put on the flesh of the invisible God to incarnate God for all all our siblings, the whole world around, to offer to them love, to offer to them hope, peace, and joy wrapped in that love. For me, I see Emmanuel's everywhere. 
the presence of God in many people. One for me of recent this time period has been Dr. Anthony Fauci, an American physician scientist. You know him well. He is a physician of the National Institute of Health. He has served America public health sector in various categories for more than 50 years and has been an advisor to every president since Ronald Reagan. He has accolades. And he has been working currently as the chief medical advisor to the president of the United States. It's surprising to me that this humble man is still in the job because he has been treated by a previous administration with disdain. They called him a liar, a charlatan, and a failure. If anyone had a reason to throw the towel in, maybe even give that one finger wave as he left the room to go out of the limelight and the fray of this pandemic, it would have been Dr. Fauci. Yet when the current administration invited him to remain and to assume the position of chief medical advisor to the president, he jumped at it. And I use quotes. That's exactly what Dr. Fauci said in an interview. I jumped at it. It was a privilege. He didn't ask to think about it. He simply jumped at it and has been leading our nation, our world, slowly as it might seem, out of this pandemic. He does this because, in my opinion, he understands what it means to be God with us. Emmanuel present, loving us, leading us, a love for country and world that speaks truth because there is no other agenda for him but to serve humanity, to remind us there is nothing to fear. We are not alone. Dr. Hamilton closes the chapter on Emmanuel with these words. Jesus is God with us, because he is Emmanuel, Jesus knows and understands each one of us, including our temptations, our struggles, our pains, our afflictions. Because he is Emmanuel, he is able to show us who God is and what God is like. As Emmanuel, he seeks to remind you and me that he is always with us and we don't need to be afraid. As Emmanuel, he calls you and me to go in his name, to incarnate God's love and presence with a needy and hunting world. To all others this morning who need Emmanuel. So we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And I would ask, what's stopping you, Emmanuel? In the name of the Creator God and of Emmanuel and the Holy One. Amen.